Okay, here we are. Welcome, CK listeners, to our 11th podcast. Our CK listeners, Comic Karma listeners is what we say. <laughs> so it's great to be here, back. Yeah, we took a few weeks off, but uh, it was nice. And uh, just want to let you know that it's not Louis CK, but someday, soon, he'll be on my show. Positive thinking and good karma, right? <laughs> so, yeah, we ended up having some uh, great interviews with um, Gene Pompa, Rich Scheidner, uh, Grace Fraga, and uh, Steve Wilson from the Daily Hughley Show. Fantastic comedians, good people. It was great to hear their stories uh, the past few months. And I'm very, very happy we've been getting, like, really good uh, comments and emails from our listeners. Um, I just love doing that. I love hearing that when people listen. You know, they complain about their lives and, oh, I should have had this job and I should have been living here. Then they hear about these stories on here saying, boy, my life's not that bad. What am I doing? What's the matter with me? So a lot of things have been happening. Uh, uh, happened in the past few weeks in politics, um, the debates with Donald Trump and Jeb Bush. Bush, I should say, Bush. <laughs> Jeb Bush. I actually like uh, Donald Trump. Uh, he's a, a no, no BS guy. You know, he's just all about him. All right, maybe a little bit about himself. I just think it's funny that he has billions and billions of dollars, and he can't fix his hair. Come on, Donald. Come on. Get a hair transplant, okay? A toupee, maybe? Gosh. It's like, there's nothing wrong with my hair. I'll be president with this with this hair. Oh, you're fired. Understand? You're done. You're fired. Screw my hair. All right, done. Great. Thanks. Oh, boys. See, the whole thing about uh, being president and all that. Yeah, about these crazy things happening in the world. But, you know, no matter what is happens in this world and who is president, I don't think it really matters that much. It has to go through Congress and all the other sections of the House and then get passed and all that. But, you know, most of the presidents and most of the people and senators, they just end up doing the same thing. That's why I like Donald Trump so much because he kind of speaks his mind. But seriously... I think the best president that ever got elected should just take all the money that is spent on war, Afghanistan, Iraq, all that, some things in technology they really don't need. As you know, people walk around <coughs> in cell phones all the time, you know, and just stare at it. Snapchat, um, you know, worth about uh, over billions and billions of dollars, just incredible, by 24-year-old kid. Um, it's incredible. These things are not that important. You know, it just really isn't. I think we should use the money for the homeless. I mean, Steve Wilson talked about that uh, a few months ago. Uh, every Tuesday he goes and helps people out. It's amazing. With his schedule, he's from the D.L. Hughley Show. Um, you know, getting real jobs for others. <clears throat> Excuse me. And healthcare, you know, getting healthcare, like in Europe, Canada, free. Now, wouldn't that be nice? 
ever free healthcare like that. Well, these are three words that I mentioned a few times. Health is wealth. You could have all the money in the world. Does not matter. As I said it a few times, doesn't matter. Okay, you just got to take care of yourself. And the whole thing is about life is making people happy. It's all about the people. It's about us. That's it. That's what it's all about. You never know when you're going to be around. Next day, next year, who knows? So you got to keep positive and just be happy, be healthy, love your family, your friends, and all that. It's all about the people. That's why I'm glad you're listening to my shows, because it really is about people going through special things, and especially comedians. And um, that's why I'm very, very happy to have a uh, comedy and radio personality that has been in Los Angeles in the business for over 30 years and making a great living at it. Uh, you can hear him on KLOS, see him at all the clubs in LA, especially the Laugh Factory where he's the MC for many shows there. Week after week, I'd like to introduce a man again, known for gosh, over 10 years, Frazier Smith. <laughs> John, how are you? I'm doing good, Frazier. How you doing? I'm good. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah, good to see you too. It is so cool that you're here. Um, I just, it's funny. I, I remember uh, I ran into you at the Rite Aid uh, store and it's like, Frazier, is that you? Because I literally had not seen you for like five, like five years. Well, you know, they're still looking for you <laughs> over there at Rite Aid. They think you stole some uh, stuff. <laughs> and uh, I tried to tell him when you left, I said, it wasn't, I don't think it was John. <laughs> but they insist that it was you, so I wouldn't go back in there for a while. Yeah, I don't think I have gone back there in quite yeah, a while, actually. Probably a good idea. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's, that's, um, that's very interesting, you know, and the first, of course, we do the stand together, we run into each other at a couple of clubs around town and so on. And I just saw you again Tuesday night a couple of nights ago. That was great. See you there. You know, at the... Shaky Town and Ha Ha and all that and good old Jack. I know you've known Jack for 15 years. Oh, yeah. So I, Jack's great. Yeah, yeah, I love Jack. He's the owner of the yep. Ha Ha. A terrific guy. Yeah, yeah. he really is. I know his, yeah. his wife, too, and everything. So. Yeah, she's great, too, Terry. Yeah, yeah. Terry, yeah. I've known her forever. It's kids and all that. It's like I grew up with these guys. You know, it's incredible. They're a cool family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're really nice, you know. And... Uh, yeah, he speaks Turkish to me once in a while. Yes, my mom's Turkish, so. <laughs> he's actually easier to understand in Turkish. <laughs> You're right. I don't know what he's saying otherwise. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Sometimes he says something in there. I just. Hi, John. What are you? What are you doing? Come on, do some stand-up for us. Come on. Okay, Jack. Thanks. <laughs> so, but yeah, but it's just great to have you here. Um, you know, you're very well known in the industry, as you know. Um, maybe you don't know, but you you are. That's what I'm afraid of. Uh, it is scary, but... Anyway. Yeah, because I don't want anyone knowing anything about me. And that's why I hate podcasts. Okay. You know, podcasts are probably the worst thing out there. And I've been fired from two of them recently. And I hate... Really? I hate podcasts. But that's another... All right. We'll get well, into that later. Well, there's certain... You know, there I mean, are they're certain horrible. Podcasts. Let's face it, they're horrible. They're almost as bad as the people at Rite Aid. They... <laughs> So tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, Frazier. And I, like I said, known you for quite a long time. Where Where were you born? Uh, Detroit. Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, that's great. 
And um, and um, how long did you live there for? Two weeks. It's all you can take of Detroit. After two weeks, you got to get out. <laughs> and I was only like two, so I felt like you know, I got to get out of here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, two years. Yeah. And then, um, and then you, I think you moved to, where did you end up moving to? I moved to uh, Windsor, which is right across the border. Okay. And I lived there for two weeks. And then that was bad, too, so I got out of there. Thank God. <laughs> That's pretty fast, for you. Yeah, I can't, hang. I can't hang. <laughs> I can't hang. I can't hang. Not really. So you probably lived there about ten, five, ten years? Oh, like a that. long time. Long, long time. time, yeah. Hey, listen, I'm from Rochester, New York, man. I lived there, you know, gosh. From like 1965 to like 88, you know, so we're talking 25 years. So I know what it's like. That's a long time to be in Rochester. Yes, it now, is. Now, my favorite guy is Rochester from the old uh, uh, Jack Benny show. Oh, yeah. All Rochester. All Rochester. How you doing, boss? That guy was great. Yes, I know. It, it was funny. <laughs> okay. I saw you in a movie, by the way. Uh, it was the uh, Jersey Boys yes. movie. You were playing a mobster. Yes. Good job, John. I noticed you right away. You did a terrific job. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes, I very talked about good. that. Very good. And uh, it's great to uh, it's great to hear about that when I actually go up to people. And uh, actually, when I hear something funny, uh, I just throw this in. I went to Jersey Mike's, and I ate my subs there. And I've been going there. And every time I walk in, seriously, every time I walk in, the guy goes, Hey, it's the Joe Pesci guy. It's the freaking Italian guy. So I walk up to him. <laughs> Frazier, I go like this. I go, hey, how you freaking doing, huh? Yeah, I want a freaking sub. Come on. I won't give you anything. Meatball, a freaking steak, anything. He started laughing. He uh, <laughs> laughing at me. Who were you <laughs> doing there? Uh, Christopher Walken? Because that was good. No, you're in the movie with Christopher Walken, though. And, and, no, and, you know, and I think you stole the scene with him. Because, I mean, as great as he is, you totally stole the scene from him. And you didn't even have any dialogue. So it was pretty amazing, John. Well, thank you. It, yeah. it, it, Memorable. It even is. the guys at Jersey Mike's know about it. So exactly. Well, that's the whole you thing. You get a free sub anytime you want. I think it's great. They start laughing every day, every time they do it. And by the way, all the guys at Jersey uh, Mike's, too, because uh-huh. I've interviewed most of them, hate <laughs> podcasts. All those guys. <laughs> they, they won't do a podcast. <laughs> And neither will Joe Pesci. I was talking to him about it the other day. Right. Yeah, he says, no way, dude. He goes, if someone wants me to do a podcast, he says, I might have to kill him. And I go, wait, relax, just calm down. He goes, no, I just hate podcasts. <laughs> That's what Joe said. I don't know. Yeah, Chris Walken, yeah, he, he goes, no, I'm not going to do a podcast either. He hates him too. If Frazier doesn't like it, I don't like it. Damn. Yeah. Come on. You're good with these impressions, man. <laughs> Isn't he? He's good. Yeah, you're good. That's- <laughs> That's what you do. A good actor too, man. You look good in that movie. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. I didn't expect it. I didn't even actually think it was going to be in that movie until I saw it. I didn't think you'd win. Seriously, Aiden and Slater. It's like a, an Oscar. and the national commercial for it. I didn't know you were going to win an Oscar for it, but I was pretty wow. impressed when I saw you up there. I was like, wow. <laughs> an Oscar. I go, yeah. he, <laughs> how did he win an Oscar? He had no lines, but you you were so good that it, they had to <laughs> give it to you. <laughs> Yeah, and it's in my bathroom. Yeah. It's a fake Oscar yeah. for I bought yeah. for five bucks, yeah, in not, Hollywood Boulevard. Not bad. <laughs> so I heard that you were raised in San Francisco. What? You no. Were, you, I'm from Detroit. No, but but you moved to San Francisco. No, I've never been you? in San Francisco. Well, I've been there, but I've never, no. no. Oh, what is, okay. So how did you end up in San Francisco? Because um, I never have wound up there. Oh. Okay. But we can say that I was if you want for this interview. Where did, where, where yeah, you? San Francisco, love it. 
Born there. <laughs> born there. Now, Marissa, where, where were you? So, where you were raised in Detroit most mm-hmm. of the time? Yep. Okay. Except when I left. I was only there for, like I say, a couple of weeks. But uh, that's where I was basically raised, Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, some of the comedians I talked to before, they told me about their parents and stuff. Were your parents into, were, make, were they funny? Were they into, well, they, what did my, your mom and dad do? Basically, moose hunters. Moose hunters? <laughs> yeah, that's what, the, that's what mom and dad did. <laughs> okay. So they live living, uh, going, going out to moose. <laughs> oh, my God, you're crazy. Yeah, they were, me, yeah. Man. <laughs> and uh, I tried to tell them it was politically incorrect, but they, uh, there was, this was before political incorrectness, so they didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> All right. No, okay, so obviously they weren't moose hunters, but... <laughs> um, no, when you started doing stand-up comedy... <laughs> when you started doing stand-up comedy, I mentioned it many times, you know, I guess started around 23 years old in Rochester, New York, you know, but... Um, I was doing voices at 10 years old. That's what I heard. I heard you were actually uh, channeling some people. Yes, my parents, relatives, school teachers and all that. They appreciated Um, it, too, I think, those school teachers, when you mocked them. Exactly. John, come on. That'll get you a good grade. It's quite true. Yeah. Seriously, what what, what got you into stand-up comedy? Like, you just felt like you were funny one day? One day no, I never thought it was funny. Uh, you know, I always thought, well, I'm not very funny. Maybe I should go into comedy, you know, because I thought, you know, they always say opposites attract, and I thought, you know, well, you know, you're you're not funny, but maybe uh, as a you could go into comedy. Okay. Might be a good job. Okay, just because you're not For funny. a guy who's not that funny. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah. What what and you ended up doing get into radio? I know you've been in radio since the seventies and early eighties and everything else. Um, radio, I got into uh, way back in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan, and okay. uh, I was on a station called WYYY, which is what they asked after they hired me. Why did we hire that guy? Why why why? And then so I, I yeah I started there. Uh, went to Detroit. Worked in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Went came out here. Worked on K Rock. Right. Worked on KLOS. Worked right. on. KMET, the legendary KMET. Right, that's right. Uh, worked on KLSX, which is no longer with us, but it was uh-huh. a good station. Uh, and now I'm at KLOS again. Yeah. 95.5 KLOS. Yeah. Actually, uh, that's, that's great. Sunday night, 10 till 2. Yes, I've, I've heard Sunday it. Night, I listen Sunday to night. it. Sunday night. I try to listen to it every you, single So week. you're the one. I'm okay, the one. John. I'm the one. <laughs> Wait a minute. I knew you had something. Okay. On the no, planet. actually, I was at um, I was at the uh, LA podcast, right? Uh, event. Oh, that darn thing! You know, how do you think I felt being surrounded by podcasters? Uh, oh my god! No, that was really cool. I'll be I'll be honest with you, sir. That, that was I, I had a great time there, and I didn't even know you were going to be there. And um, you did this great show with Mark Marin, and you had seriously, you had great stories, man. I didn't know this about you, and those are all made up, by the way. I made them all up. No, you didn't make them all up. Come on, I did, I did. Uh, No, seriously, I was just wondering, how did you meet Mark? Was it through the radio? No, I've known Mark for a long time. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I met him years ago. He was the doorman at the comedy store. Way, way back. Are you serious? Yeah. And uh, I've known Mark forever, and I'm really... He's a nice guy, Mason. Oh, he's great, and I'm glad his podcast is doing well. When I say I hate podcasts, I don't mean I hate other people's podcasts. I want to make that clear. Okay. 
uh, I like other people's podcasts. I just don't. I didn't like what happened with me in the podcast. Okay. You know, I'm a radio. I'm a radio professional. Podcast for forty years. Okay. And the other guy that was on the show with me, Jim Ladd, is also right, a, a 45-year yeah, radio veteran. Uh-huh. And it's probably something in our DNA. The old-school radio guys just don't like podcasts, okay? Right. But we right. did have fun on Marks. It was great. We, we did have a, but you know why? I, I because it, I, got I, to, I got to say <clears throat> what it is from our standpoint. You right. Know? I think that's why Mark had us on. Yes. You know, to be be able to say, look, we hate podcasting because we're radio professionals. We don't go for that. But mm-hmm. I'm glad other people are doing it. I'm glad Mark's doing it. It's working great for him. Yeah. Turned his whole career back on and he's, yeah. he's taken off. He had the president on his podcast. I know. Can you, you mention know, that? And it was good for us, too. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest about that. It was good to go on there. Yes. And, and get that kind of exposure. Uh-huh. Uh, it was fun to be able to tell those old radio stories. But honestly, me and Jim both are anti-podcast. But I think that's why Mark had us on, because we uh, are a counterpoint to what he's doing. Right, right. See, he's aware of that. He, he also put us on his uh, uh, his television show. It basically, the same, oh, that's right. same, that's same kind show. of characters, you know, of us being uh, old school radio guys who don't like podcasts. So we were, okay. on, you know, that bitterness really came across on screen, I thought. And, and that's what I'm out to to really, uh, my idea is let's get that bitterness out there. Right, right. Come right. on. So was it really, was, how was it to work on the show? Unfortunately, I missed it. but I'm gonna... uh, I loved it. It was terrific. It was very well done. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got a, a great show. And uh, Maren's a terrific guy, very smart, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and we had a good time on there. And he was smart enough to pick up on that concept of radio people versus podcasts. So, right. you know, that, I, I thought that was cool. Right. Can you uh, share that story that you that you talked about being from the good old days of radio in the 70s and 80s, the one that you did with Mark? If you could share that with us. Uh, uh, which one? About. I don't even know which one. Um, <clears throat> you were talking about, um, and uh, Jim Ladd was talking about how he met these great people from, um, uh, they would come into the radio station. I think of who, I forgot who, the, who the, band, the band was. But... Do you remember the stories you're talking about? Uh, Can't remember them because I made them all up. Uh, <laughs> but I think you might be talking about Van Halen. I mean, I you yes. Know, you know, I we, well, you know, all That's of us radio guys had those kind of That's experiences. That's the one, Van Halen. Those great. Well, back in those days, we all had those experiences mm-hmm. of um, young bands coming up to us trying to get on the air, and uh, back then you could actually do something about it. You, it's harder to do now right. because it's very political and there's playlists. Uh, that are, you know, uh, hard to get around. Back then, you had a little bit of leeway to occasionally break a band. And you had to kind of even then uh, cheat a little bit so your bosses wouldn't, you know, uh, fire you. But you you could occasionally slip something in there. Uh, It was just a little bit looser back in those days. And, uh, you know, so all of the radio DJs were able to help bands out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't want to go and say I discovered them. There's That's not true. But mm-hmm. I did play them very early on, right. maybe, let's say, when nobody else was playing them. And that's because you could occasionally, if you found a song you liked, kind of slip it in there. And uh, I was able to do that for Van Halen and a couple other bands. And Jim Ladd did it for a lot of bands. Mm-hmm. And back in the day at KMET, we were all able to do that a little bit, right. you know, uh, before the playlisting got so airtight that you couldn't get anybody on Right. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the best uh, albums I've ever heard, ever. 
the first one uh, is Van Halen, uh, Running With The Devil, you know, and um, all those great songs that are on there. Yeah, great album. Great album. Fantastic. Uh, you know, and, and but there's a lot of bands like that who mm-hmm. in that era were doing what all bands do, playing little clubs, playing backyard parties, playing everywhere you can. And then, uh, you know, at that point, we could occasionally put a record on and you know, give them a little boost. Right, right. Yeah, I know that they started um, in the small, the Troubadour and a few other small places. Yeah, sure. All Boulevard. bands do, you know. And uh, there's no band, it's like, you know, that starts at the top. Mm-hmm. They all have to do that circuit. Right. And uh, that's what they were doing. That's what all those bands were doing. Right, right. Yeah, that was that was amazing. That was an amazing story. What was it like to uh, to meet uh, David Lee Roth? Great guy. Yeah, great guy. Now here's something interesting. Uh, this this is Thursday. On Sunday, uh, th- uh, three days from now, I'm seeing Van Halen at the Hollywood Bowl. Well, guess who's going to be uh, opening for him? You. No, Perry <laughs> Kurtz. Now, <laughs> Perry Kurtz is going to be there, and and uh, he was. The, the band said, look, we got oh, to get, some, get, get somebody <laughs> good. <laughs> Who can we get? And uh, everyone... Why don't you open for him? <laughs> no, I think it's better to have Perry. You know, the town really knows him and loves him, and I think that's key. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say that, um, you know, um, do you have another story about working that uh, back in the 70s and 80s? Uh, I know you mentioned Man Hill, and you also mentioned... A, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I have any specific stories. What's one of your favorite stories that you could share with that? Uh, I, well, I really don't have any. <laughs> it's an era I'd rather forget. That's a great... No, but come on. I love the older songs and groups back then. Are you kidding me? The Pretenders, Genesis, Yes. Uh, Discovered and, them all. Discovered know, them all. And I was the first to play all of them. I believe yeah, it. I was. I, I believe it. Discovered them all. And uh, did you have a chance to meet uh, Springsteen or play play Springsteen when you started off? Never played him on my show. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Of course, I played a million times. Yeah, he's great. You know, I, I I met him about seven eight years ago, and uh, he was really the nicest guy. No, when I met him, he goes, "Do you know Johnny's that guy from the Jersey Sub <laughs> yeah. commercial?" That's right, Jersey yeah, Jersey Boys and Jersey Boys and, and, and Jersey Mike's exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, the great thing about Bruce. Is that every time he he sings, he sounds Frazier like he has to go to the bathroom really bad. You know, I think like, that is a good point. Oh, I'm dancing in the dark. Oh man, I gotta go. Oh man, born in the USA. Oh oh, oh gotta go to the bathroom again. Hey Frazier, leave me alone. Ah. <laughs> uh, good, good, good impression. That was good. So yeah, those are those are um those are pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool. So, so do you have like one more other quick story that you? You know, I really, I really don't. I, I would just say that a lot of times. Uh, What's your whole take on, you know, back in the seventies and eighties, and you know, and as opposed to now, like, like I said. Well, I, I, you know, I think I explained that is that uh, you know you had a little more leeway. Mm-hmm. So when a band would give you or somebody would see you out in public and give you a back then it was cassettes, they would always hand oh, you. Oh, that's right. That's you know, right. and I would get cassettes from all these that's bands, right. you know, uh-huh. Motley Crue or whomever. You know, you'd mm-hmm. run into them somewhere and they go, "Hey, how about our cassette?" And they weren't big back then. So, you know, you could take it back. And I remember playing a couple of those bands. I played Motley Crue really early. I don't know if I was oh, the fir- first okay. one, but, uh-huh. uh, really? you know, pretty early before a lot of other people were. That's and, true. Uh, you know, basically based off of cassettes and stuff that, that people would give you. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, uh, it was just a, like I say, a different era. When I say I already explained that, what I meant was that uh, now you can't do that. You really can't right. play those guys. So right. if someone comes up and gives me a, a CD, I have to just throw it in a drawer and right. I can't really do anything with it. But back then you could. So it gave you a chance to, uh, you know, right. what they call break a band. But, you know, I don't, it's really nothing more than just playing their stuff. Right. But that was sometimes hard to do. And I think that uh, the only credit you can really take is that you kind of took a chance with your boss and said, you know what, I kind of like these guys. They sound pretty good. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. And you just hope that the feedback or, you know, the, the, the backlash wasn't too bad from the, uh, the suits. Mm -hmm. But uh, back then you could get away with it. Yeah, I think Jim Ladd talked about something that... About well, on the, on I, I the, think the, the, Jim here. and all the guys uh, had that same experience. Mm -hmm. You know, Jim Ladd's uh, discovered, I'm sure, a lot of bands. And, uh -huh. you know, he's very knowledgeable about music. That's his thing. And, yeah, he went through a lot of those same experiences that I did. But, um, again, I think he reiterated on the Mark show, too, that uh, Mark Marin show, that mm -hmm. you can't really do that anymore, uh, right. which is too bad. Although Jim is now on Sirius Radio. And, That's right. And, yeah. you know, you can do it there, I would imagine. I think he can play whomever he wants on there. So that's maybe a good, yeah, a good thing. On, on satellite, I think you can still actually break somebody. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Did you ever get invited to any parties or things? since? No, you no parties. Never invited to one. And I'm kind of upset. No. Oh, yeah, I, I, would go to, <laughs> I would go to a lot of parties back then, yeah. Uh, of you know rock people and I was sure. gonna say you probably hung out with uh, with the with, yeah with, I did with the top guys yeah yeah <clears throat> was one of the, what's uh, can you remember what's one of the best parties you went to that uh, no if it was the best party I couldn't remember it at all <laughs> exactly because you because <laughs> yeah. it was too good and too many drinks that night uh, yeah trust me I know how that is man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you do, and that's why I have you here today. We need to talk because this is really an intervention, and, and you know, John, you've got to stop. I mean, even the guys at Jersey Mike's are talking. They're like, well, what's wrong with this guy? He's completely hammered every time he comes in, a, and, and those impressions hey, Johnny, are, are... Johnny, you need a freaking sub because you're too drunk. <laughs> keep slurring those uh, impressions. Hey, yeah, can, I, yeah, can I have a freaking rap? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, I'm laughing yeah. a lot of here, aren't I? <laughs> oh my God, John, cut it out! <laughs> oh gosh, you know. So that is that is that is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, like I told you, Frazier, that uh, you know, you had a pretty. Uh, I think you've had a pretty amazing life. I really do. Uh, you've been doing it, you know, full time in radio and comedy and, and stand up, and you, you know, gosh, you were just on the Mark Marin show. I mean, you're just well, to... thank you, John. I, I do feel blessed, and I Seriously. honestly, I, honest I do, you. and I'm thankful about all that, you know. Uh, but there's a lot of bumps in the road that go along with that. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, there's a lot of stuff that happens in show business, as you know, that isn't real pleasant, and you have a lot of left turns and a lot of weird things oh, yeah. that go down. So, you know, it's never a cakewalk. Right. Uh, and I am thankful to be back on the radio. Uh, you know, and and I think that shows. Yeah, I think that shows show, because you. Well, thank you, John. I think it shows in the sense of uh, your passion. You know, when you've been away from something that you love, it's it's great to get back to it. And I think you have a little more uh, energy and a little more thankfulness. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that comes across. You know, um, you do have to uh, be thankful for the good things that God brings you. 
you know. And and uh, but it, we are in a business that's very up and down. And so there's a lot yes, of a lot is. of things where you're like, wait a minute, what, what's going on here? What 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 was that? You know, and I think right. that happens in almost everyone's career. Uh, and I'm sure it happens in other people's careers that aren't in show business. But show business seems to be one of those ones where there's a little more of that. Yeah. You know, because right. it's a hit and miss up and down <clears throat> business. Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly right. Which is, leads me to, uh, you know, this next section of, of my show. Um, there are a lot of bad things that happen uh, to the comedians that are on my show. I'm sure you heard some of them, um, you know, Jim Pompa and... Uh, well, Perry Kurtz alone had, could do well, volumes, he's my, he's volumes. My, yes, he's, he's my first one. But um, they did share some pretty horrible stories, and it makes me really wonder. It's like, man, you know, they got through that, and uh, now, they're, now they're doing great. Um, can you please share some of the bad stories that happened to you in your, in your life? It doesn't have to be about comedy or show business. But well, I was on this podcast once with this guy named I'll John, stop with and this guy was trying to, you know, ruin me. And I, I, I don't know what to, you know. I kept telling him, "Look, I don't like podcasts." And he was like, uh, "You know, well, what'd you do as a kid?" And I was like, uh, "I was never a kid." And you know, um, no, it, it, um, you know, the bad stories. Yeah, well, seriously, yeah, be, I'm be honest with you, because because people listen to the, to my show, and well, I just had a lot of run-ins with bosses. You know, it's what happened to me because, uh, you know, I was kind of pre-Howard Stern, a little bit before Howard. Oh, And okay. uh, maybe the same time uh, as Howard was coming up, I was probably, you know, same time. And, but but the bosses back then, and you can get it from the Stern movie. I love the Stern movie. Oh, be- yeah. Because yeah. he shows what it's really like with those bosses. You know, that guy, pig, right. pig Vomit, and those kind of guys. I must have had, you know, 20 Pig Vomits that I worked for. You know, you you wind up working for bosses that are uh, weird for whatever reason, and mm-hmm. uh, not all of them. A lot of them are great. I've worked with some great bosses too, and I was very fortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also work with a bunch that I don't know what the deal was. If they were jealous, if they were just worried about me as kind of a loose cannon because I was kind of an early version of Stern. Uh, you know, saying something or doing something that might get their job in jeopardy. I don't know what their motivation was, really. But um, So th- this was before Stern? Basically, well, cause, around cause, that same time, probably. But what I'm getting at in general mm-hmm. is just that you, you had uptight bosses. And the uptight bosses didn't always go for a maverick like me. Uh, and as you can see in the Howard Stern movie, they didn't go for a maverick like him either at first. Right. You know, right. So you kind of... St- you know, just muddle your way through. I got fired a lot, mm-hmm. even when wow. I was doing well. You know, for whatever reason, I think when you're a maverick, you have to live with some of that. Right. You know, you're going to get you're going to get hammered on some <clears throat> things, and other things are going to go great. You know, it also is what built you know whatever uh, career I have going was yeah. was being a maverick. Mm-hmm. But you then have the uh, other side of the coin, which is. You know, a lot of times bosses just want more of a cookie-cutter presentation, right. and they don't really want somebody who's out there. And uh, I always feel that the person that's a little different is the one who the audience gravitates to and also can, can land you the bigger numbers uh, in the long run. Right. But, you know, you're dealing with people that uh, have their own agendas. And uh, so I, was, I had a lot of uh, weird bosses. Mm-hmm. And I got canned a lot. And, uh, I, you know, a lot of times I was doing great when I got fired. 
Mm -hmm. Great. One time I had a 10 share. I did a, which is the highest you can get. Nobody ever gets that, ever. Right. I had it when I was doing a, a stand-up show live from Laugh Factory, uh, broadcast on on KLSX radio. Oh. And I got an unbelievable rating. Unbelievable. And we packed the Laugh Factory every week. We did mm -hmm. a live stand-up show from there. Wow. Uh, it was a huge success. What year was that? That was like uh, late 80s. Okay. And then I got fired from a show where I had the highest ratings I've ever seen for anybody. So it just made me go, That's wait, amazing, wait a minute, you know? Yeah. And... Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. I've had to deal with a lot of that. Uh, so mixed in with all the good stuff, which I am very thankful for, yes, absolutely. there's been a lot of that stuff. And that kind of stuff makes you slightly bitter. You try not to be, but let's face it, it annoys you. It, it, it impacts right. you in a lot of ways, economically and, and professionally, and you look bad around town. Although there is something about DJs being fired that is, in a way, also makes you look good. Because it kind of, you know, all the top guys have been through that. Right. So you kind of put you in that club a little bit. Right. Um, you know, so there's an old saying, if you're not getting fired, you're not doing good. So, you, you know, you're really not doing your thing. And, you know, I don't, uh, I'm sure one or two of those I, I was to blame. I want to make that clear, too. I don't right. think it was always their fault. I'm sure, I, you know, I was young. And uh, didn't yeah, always... Yeah, you just didn't know what you were yeah, doing. Yeah, you, know, you I, just I, did something and then... You, that was going to be okay, but it wasn't. And yeah, I'm sure I crossed the line a couple times. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, but I found myself, I'll tell you the one story I did tell on Marin that was uh, where I had a boss that uh, uh, was always picking on me, and I used to park in his parking spot uh, uh, <laughs> because he was the closest to the station, and I was usually running late on that morning show. So I would park <laughs> I there, story, and then right? I would run yes. in and do the show, and then I'd move my car halfway through the show before he got there. Right. But one time I forgot because I was in the middle of the show, and I got into the show, and I didn't move my car. And so he had me towed uh, oh while, I, while I'm on That's the right. air. He has me towed. Oh, so yeah. I, I told all my listeners, I was pretty big back then. I was like Howard Stern big, and I told uh -huh. everybody to flip him off. I go, if you see this guy, because he had these two hip license plates, which was my slogan. He went out and got license plates. He jumped me on the license plates and got my slogan on his license plate. So I said, if you see a guy driving a silver Cadillac with two hip plates, give him the finger. So he had everybody in the city flipping him off. Because back then, I had a million fans in this town. So he couldn't go anywhere without getting flipped off by everybody. And so finally, he goes, dude, call, off the, call off the dogs. You know, and, and that was my little way of getting back at what I thought was a, a kind of an evil manager. Oh, my God. A boss. <laughs> Flipped off. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's a flippy guy. Hey, flip me off. What'd you do? What'd you do to Frazier? Ah, nothing. Yeah, I'm flipping you off. That's it. Well, Jeez. you know, I mean, I, I won't go into it, but the guy did a lot to me to, to deserve that. Besides just towing my car, the guy was a jerk. Okay. No, it's very interesting. Um... Also, that um, you you coined a phrase, uh, with the World Series, uh, two hip got to go while at KLOS. How did you, how did you come up with that? That was pretty cool. Uh, well, it was a, uh, you know, I just basically stole it. Uh, there was a guy, a taxi driver that I knew. It was like an early version of Uber. This guy must have been onto something because he was a uh, an actor, and he came up with a deal where he would charge less than a regular taxi and drive people around. Oh. pre-Uber by 25 years. Oh, my God. You know, and I, and, and when I first got to town, 
I had an old car that was always conking out on me, so I would call this guy for rides. And you'd, you know, you pay him like a, ca a cabbie, but uh, you know, it's, it's just like you do with Uber today. Right. So uh, the guy, anyway, this guy would, was from Boston, and he would drive around. He go, "Phrase, you're too hip." You're too hip, phrase, <laughs> in that Boston accent. And so, I, to, yeah, got it, got so when I was looking for a slogan, I go, hey, too hip, I like that. So I kind of, I asked the guy, I didn't just uh -huh. steal it. I said, hey, is it okay if I use the too hip? And he goes, sure, phrase, you're too hip. <laughs> so good. I started using it. <laughs> sure, phrase, you're too hip. You know, <laughs> did, he go, did, did you go, did you, you should have gone through and said, hey, can I park the car? I don't know <laughs> if that would have worked as well, John, but yeah, maybe next time. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> so, um, also, you know that did, I, I know that that's bad things that happened to you during the industry. But if you don't mind just saying one story about like a personal bad thing that happened to you, health wise, uh, I just think mom, dad, brothers, you know, um, being on this show. I think it was being that. on this show is really the worst thing that's probably ever happened <laughs> to me. And and I say that only because you know I love you, but I just podcasts in general drive me so crazy yes. that to be in a room for 45 minutes doing a <laughs> podcast I just makes me want to kill <laughs> I'm sorry but it just does it it, it, it you know it's like a blood moon it, you know yeah uh, I know. Blood moon for a couple yeah of it really is it's like having a you it's know, like, oh my god what the so, hell is that it's a bad moon rising bad um moon. you know I don't know personal stuff uh Gosh, yeah, I, you I mean, know, I don't, I don't know. I think most of my bad stuff, honestly, is work related. Well, there's got to be some places that every, you know, every chance you almost die one I time. Had the tons I had tonsillitis when I was ten. Uh, Any bad health issues? Uh, thankfully uh, not. Thankfully not, really. Uh, Any bad things with your mom and dad, your brothers? Or, you well, know, my growing, dad passed away about like a year and a half ago, and that was bad, of I'm course. Sorry to hear yeah, that. yeah, thank you. And uh, the, he passed away from cancer, and, you know, I love my dad, and, you yeah. know, that was bad. Uh, mm -hmm. My mom, thankfully, is still with us. She's 93, so I'm oh, very thankful about that. Well, I have a good family. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a lot of good friends. Uh, my main thing is really with bosses. Okay. Those have honestly been my only really bad experiences that stick with me. I'm sure I've had, you know, like we all do, a lot mm -hmm. of little bumps in the road that annoy you or, you know, are, are not great. But mm -hmm. but I, I don't really, I tend to let those go. I think we all do, hopefully. Uh, so there's nothing really that sticks uh, out? I don't saying, think. I've been, I've been pretty, you know. pretty fortunate uh, health-wise and pretty fortunate in every way. Uh, and in the industry, as you've pointed out as well, but I have had a lot of issues with uh, with bosses, mm -hmm. um, especially uh, early on because, again, I was kind of a maverick in a world that wasn't ready for that. Right, right. You know, uh, some people call it being a pioneer, and they always say, well, if you're the pioneer, you always have to go through that because, you know, you're the first one and you get right. it. And I think that's kind of probably true. I think that's, you know, and that's kind of what happened to me. And if I'm bitter about anything, it's really bosses. And it's not all my bosses. Yeah. I want to make that clear. I have some great bosses. I have a great one now over at KLOS, this guy Keith Cunningham. He is mm. phenomenal. That's great. Phenomenal. And I'm so lucky to be working with a guy like that. He's a genius, this guy, and a great guy. And I've had a lot of guys like that that have been very, very good. Uh -huh. The guy that helped uh, Howard Stern a lot, Andy Bloom, was my program director. Andy Bloom is a genius and a gentleman. He really brought Howard Stern into syndication. He brought him out to L.A. and did uh -huh. all that for Howard. And uh, he's a genius. And, and, you know, and I've had guys like that who I got to work with that were 
uh, fantastic, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I, the bad things in my life have really been based around having a bad boss because it wound up with me getting fired. And when right. you get fired, there's that pocket of time you can't get rehired, even if it wasn't your fault. Yeah. Like I say, when I, I how did I get fired when I had a 10 share? That's unheard of. Nobody would do well, that. Nobody <laughs> would fire you. It makes no sense at all. So, uh, you know, and and so those kind well, of things. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's gone through your through that. Uh, I've uh, had you know ten shows already. It's my eleventh show, and um, I talked about some of the really bad things. Not having a bad boss. I've had a lot of bad bosses. Trust me. Okay, and. Um, uh, but I, you know, some of the things that... Uh, well, it's impacted me, John. I don't mean to cut off your story, but the reason having a bad boss is extra bad for me is in this town, they put the word out on you, it, right. you know, unfairly. Right. I was unfairly, uh, you know, uh, labeled as a Coke guy, which, you know, everybody tried Coke back in the 80s. Right. I'm not saying I never did it, but right. I wasn't a Coke guy. I wasn't out of my mind on right. Coke. Right. And, you know, they or they'd allude to that. Or he's troublesome talent, quotation marks, hard right. to work with. No, I was a very hard worker, wasn't hard to work with. Yeah. That's nonsense. I'm on time. I'm a professional. Uh, I've been a professional for 40-some years. Come on, get out of here. That was them putting a word out. Yeah, and what that does is it impacts everything else you do. People start looking at you and see if you, I got in the newspaper. That was in the L.A. Times. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, uh, the f- headline was Fraser Smith, Cocor. No, uh, but they did, <laughs> but they, you know, but th- there would be little things in the paper, little snide remarks by ex-bosses that then impact you all around the country because everyone thinks of you as being a bum. Right. They're right. like, oh, that guy. Oh, no wonder they fired him. Oh, you know, and, and that's just wrong. Well, I was going to mention that, uh, yes, we've all had bad bosses or bad things, but, you know, Frazier, I'll be honest with you, it's, uh, you know, I've had stories where I almost, I almost died, you know, and um, car almost exploded and bad relationships, and um, I almost got run over as a kid one time uh, playing in the streets of my neighborhood and these cars going fast. And I went to run after my soccer ball, and the guy just missed me. I mean, I just can't believe it. The guy was going like 20, 30 miles an hour, you know, and um, I was very lucky. My parents freaked out after I told them, but now 30 years later, I'm here, and that's how you have to look at things, you know, like you, you said, uh, your dad with, with cancer. My dad passed away seven years ago also. Well, those are the really bad things, okay? If you yeah, really want to put it in that's perspective, what I'm saying. Those are really, you want to put it in perspective, those, really those kind of things, things are way worse than these little uh, things in, in the industry, but but it impacts you even when those situations, even my dad was like, wow, my son keeps getting fired. What's that all about? Mm. You know, I mean, it impacts you in all those situations too. So at least for me, those are the most traumatic things in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, those other things are more important. Your health is the most important it thing, is. like you said. Yeah, and And you know, really all that's true, of course. So that's the way I look at it. Um, and you have some other projects. Do you have any other projects you're working on at all? Uh, yeah, I just landed a talk show with uh, uh, Laugh Factory, uh, the Laugh Factory website. I'm going to be doing a, oh, really? a TV. Uh, it's not really TV, It's it's but it's video. It's a webisode, like a webisode. Uh, yeah, well, no, it's more of a talk show. It's a talk show. Okay. But, yeah, it's you know they have a, a, a very high 
traffic volume on the Laugh Factory website, so I'm thankful to have that. That's great. Just got that from Jamie Masada, my old buddy. Yep. Who uh, was on my show. Jamie's very nice guy. Jamie's great, and he he was on my radio show for a lot of years as this character called Buddy Buddy. Oh, really? And, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was my sidekick on the show. He's <laughs> hilarious, and uh, and I love him. And, you know, he was nice to give me that show. So uh, that's starting up real soon. Oh, I've great. got a couple of shows I'm trying to sell, television-wise, I've, that I've created. Oh, uh, I think everyone in town does, but I've got a couple that I like, and I've shot a pilot on one. Uh-huh. Uh, and I've got movie scripts out there and, you know, the okay. usual stuff that everybody has in Hollywood. But I do have some pretty good stuff out there. That's great. That's great. So, you know, we'll end with a positive positive, inspirational message. That How are we going to do that? Oh, oh, we can do that? Okay. Yes, we can do that. <laughs> so, um, okay. I mean, you kind of gave a good positive message right there, but what can you, seriously, uh, what can you say to our listeners um, about life and, 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 any inspirational message? Any, any well, I, I guess the real true thing is, is perseverance. That's really the only thing I can think of yep. because um, even if you uh, believe in God, which I certainly do, uh, I do too. you still have to wait for God sometimes to kick it in because it's all in his timing. You know, it's not going to happen on uh, when right. we want it. It happens when he wants it. And uh, he's the boss. And I think if you wait and you are patient and if you persist, uh, God will eventually give you your season. He will give you your due. Yeah. It, but you have to be willing to persevere th- through those valleys, those downtimes, to get the good stuff. And I, I, I guess the good news is that the good stuff is out there. You know, I yeah. found that out when I got rehired at the radio station. Uh-huh. You know, that showed me, okay, I went through that valley, now I'm cooking again. And uh, so my, you know, words of inspiration would just be, hang in there. That's really yeah. all I can tell you. Um it's, it's going to be a bumpy road, no matter what you do in life, and it's going to be particularly bumpy in show business, but you can get through to the good stuff. And I've known a lot of people who uh, were very low on the totem pole who are now big stars, because all my buddies, a lot of my buddies made it, and uh, mm, I'm thankful that they made it. They're all good friends, really glad for them, and they deserve it. They had to hang in there for years and years and uh-huh. years. You know, George Lopez is a good friend of mine. I remember George telling oh. me when he got his show, he goes, hey. Oh, that's great. He goes, he goes yeah, but phrase, it took me 17 years to get this. And it did. Wow. It took him 17 years of hard work, yeah. grinding it out on the comedy circuit. Mm-hmm. Nobody just handed him that. Right. You know? And they don't hand it to anybody. Everybody's got to grind it out until you get your break. Well, well as you probably know, uh, Sandra Bullock saw him. Do stand-up. Well, yeah. And she and, made a few phone calls and produced the, the but that's, George Lopez show. Yeah, that's what it took. It took 17 years of patience until he right. ran into someone who helped him. Right. And uh, that would be my only real inspirational message is uh, I wish I had something more, uh, you know, no, that's, that's more great. magical to offer. But there really isn't, I don't think, any magical formula. It's just hanging in there, trying to get better and better at what you do, and, you know, waiting for that break that God will bring you if you are patient and if you persist. Right. That's fantastic. That's about that's it. That's exactly what yeah. I want. Frazier, what you just said was fantastic. Um, I'm a very uh, religious, inspirational person myself, spiritual person myself. 
Um, yeah, I, but it's I, no, there's no easy, that. there's no easy solution, believe, John. I I've, think, you I've know, persistence, times, yeah, persistence that, um, is really the only thing I can come up with because that's the only thing that's really worked for me. You know, by hanging in there, hanging in there, hanging in there, then God comes to your rescue eventually. And, exactly. And that's basically what I, I think happens. Um, so hang in there is my only real <laughs> advice. No, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, God helps people who help them, themselves. As, uh, yeah, I think that's true. Thing. Yeah. You know, you can't just sit back. I mean, no, uh, you, you have to go keep, for it and keep going for it and keep go going for it. for it. And I guess the only thing is uh, to uh, learn how to let the bitterness fall off. You know, let it roll off, let it go. You know, it's easy to say, let it go. Right, exactly. But it's really hard to do it. Thank you very much, Frazier Smith, for coming. I've known you, again, for 10 years. I haven't seen you. Good job in Jersey Boys, by the way. uh, You were terrific. Stole the movie. Thank you so much for that. Even Christopher Walken was like, what am I doing here? If John's here, I don't even need to be here. Why'd you hire this guy? This guy's fantastic. I'm a star, not him. So... No, thank you very much, Frazier, for, for coming. I really appreciate it. It's my that pleasure. Was a great, great thing that you said at the very end. Um, yeah, the whole rest of the thing was pretty bad, but that ending was good. The ending was great. Yeah. <laughs> I made it work at the end. So I appreciate it coming. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for listening again. You darn listeners, cut it out. And hope to uh, see you. Of course, we have a great, some great comedians coming up next Uh-oh. week. Wow. And um, we'll uh, always remember these four words to listen laugh, learn, and live. Do those all start with L? Yes, they do. Oh, okay. <laughs> so thank uh, you very I'm not much. real good with spelling. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Again, it's John Perinci, your host, uh, CK. That's Comic- J-O-N, by the way. J- exactly. As bad as I am with spelling, I know that. <laughs> he knows that. Comics Karma, thank you very much for coming again. And uh, listen, follow your dreams, and listen to what Frazier just said and what I just said. God bless you. Good night. Good night.